Where? Back to the future. All righty, we ready to go then? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right then. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Marty. Mike and Russ time. We have two other guests, and neither one of them joined in. I don't. I don't think they're happy to be here. You told us to mute our mics. Yeah, yeah we muted our mics so you can get a really good yeah. And You're supposed to unmute when you talk, or when you cheer. Mike introduced. We were told that like all the voices couldn't be heard at once anyway. So that's, that's what I heard. I, did, I didn't mute mine, but that's okay. Mike. All right. Anyway, anyway, in this time of pandemic quarantine, we're going to be podcasting about a uh, movie called Twelve Monkeys. And uh, I will turn this. Oh, I got to introduce the other guys. We got uh, Adam Larkin and uh, Mr. Hey, Adam. everyone. That was Adam. That was me. And. You can reintroduce. And, and Pat. We got Pat, too. Hi, guys. Oh, Mike. Russ, <laughs> thanks so much for having me. And Adam, so nice to be here with you. Pat, yeah, yeah. We David. never met, but we heard each other's work. Now, Mike, you should tell yeah, the okay. uh, listeners who these guys are. Uh, they're our friends. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Adam LeBarkin was the screenwriter on the film we just did, the short film Party Time. Pat David. Yes, that's awesome. Pat David is an artist and a writer, and he's my friend. And we used to do a podcast called Up Late with Russ and Pat, but we don't anymore. Ugh. Uh All right, guys. I'm still here. Hello. We got. I remember this line. Repeat all after podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Forget hitting mute because obviously you don't know how to unmute and talk. All right, I'm unmuted. Just leave. The, just, just don't mute and just talk and just whatever. Okay. All right. Well, we're right, doing so, the uh, the very apropos Twelve Monkeys. That's the important part. Yes, right. jump right in, Adam. Let us know now. Been introduced. Yeah. Well, Twelve Monkeys is is uh, absolutely one of my favorite films in any genre. And most people think of me as a comedy guy. You know, Adam the the comedy guy or Adam the the handsome one. But um, Twelve Monkeys, though, it's a sci-fi time travel um, picture. It's it's just one of my favorites. It's an unbelievable story. Um, uh, you know, let's uh, jump right in. It's set in Philadelphia. Um, it Ooh. was released in the, – the movie, like the virus, was released – well, the movie was released in 1997. And uh, it's all about a virus that was released in 1996, um, directed by Terry Gilliam of uh, Monty Python fame and um, – He directed the virus? Brazil. Well, he directed the movie and – Time uh, Bandits. Probably had some virus. Time Bandits. You know, it's he's very stylized. Uh, you can you can you can see his you know it's his it's a style you could tell uh, when you see one of his movies um, and and the movie starts out kind of nice pretty cool about a you know nine year old kid going to the airport and uh, you know 
So never been to an airport before. That's what it kind of looks like. And um, gets to uh, the the security line, and all of a sudden he gets pushed aside. Somebody runs by him with a yellow jacket and get out of the way. And then uh, that guy goes. Somebody's chasing him with a weird haircut and a mustache. And um, cops shoot that guy with the mustache and dies right in front of the little kid. Um, and then a woman comes to as the guy dies. And um, then it was a dream and it's Bruce Willis in a futuristic prison. And um, it is, it's never said what year it is, but it is believed to be the year 2035. So um, who believes Bruce Willis that? is somewhat how of a, a prisoner. Well, I was just saying who, where, who where, believes. Yeah. How is it believed to be 2035? It, it was never, it was never expressed. It was never, it was, you know, it's a fun fact. It was never expressed in the, the script itself. You can somewhat tell Bruce is a, a 45 year old guy. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. he was, you can tell by his age. Um, it was, I believe it was one in one of the script copies. I, I didn't see it myself, but, uh, it does take place. It's supposed to take place in 2035. And, um, a, a virus was released and, uh, wiped out almost everybody on earth started in 1996 and went around the world. And, um, this team of scientists in 2035 is trying to find a sample of the virus so that they could create a cure and and uh, not have to live underground. Bruce Willis is a, is now is a prisoner for whatever reason. Uh, he apparently has a very good ability uh, of memory and strength and agility. He has all these special skills, and um, he is sent back in time to try and find a a, a sample of the virus. So. Um, the uh, the method of going back in time is never explained. This is one of a very unique quality of this of this film. As as time travel films go, they you always have to explain them. In Back to the Future, oh, it's the flux capacitor. It does this, and you have to hit eighty eight. And it was all there was a big chunk about that. For here, no no explanation. There's a machine sends you back in time, and and it's not always perfect, but it does the trick. And um, that's a, a unique thing. I don't know if anyone else noticed that. If there's any other movie like that where it's never really explained or never even gotten into, it's just it is, and you accept yeah. it. So, if anybody else can think of anything else, you know, that's a movie like that. I can't think of any. I mean, anyway. I could suggest Time Cop. I mean, they. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's a, no, that's a that's a, that's a fair suggestion. Um, you're right. They they have a whole thing where you get in the car and you go down the roller coaster and into a wall, and um, <laughs> yeah, they don't really explain but, but, it there. But the either. guy, you saw the guy who invented it. He he had a whole scientific explanation, and they because he had a whole presentation and he presented it to the government. Right. And here it is. What are you going to do with it? And there there was a little bit of a presentation that was about the method of time that that kind of sparked the, the power grab. Wasn't that Ricky? But, but it, guy who was always masturbating. No, it was the um, uh, it was the, the gentleman. It was a doctor. I know who he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they the, mentioned he, he, black gentleman uh, who who took his project to Congress. I I I don't remember his character in the film, but uh, he was there. You saw him older. Um, not important, but you know, that was a that was a fair example. But still, it there was a little bit about it. Not not as much, but here I invented it, and here it is. This one they didn't even not even an explanation. They hook him up, gets naked, hook him up to some things, and send him through a hole, and boom. Um, anyway, getting back, they, uh, basically send him to, uh, 19, they're trying to send him to 1996 when the virus was 
uh, you know, released, they believe. Um, they have some photos they've shown him looking for some people and the army of the 12 monkeys. These are the people who are supposedly released the virus. So do what you can. Doesn't have a lot of lot to go on. Hi, Russ here. Money or At this point, Adam continues to describe the film in excruciating and, uh, detail, unnecessarily excruciating. So Mike has asked me to edit this out, to fade out and fade back in to the point where Mike, Pat and I join Adam in a discussion about the film. Please enjoy. The actor, and I can't think of his name right now, but that's not important. Um, um, the important thing is that uh, the the Twelve Monkeys is is pretty perfect of a movie, um, especially a time travel movie, where you know the time travel method was really the least important thing. And and you know, uh, as as Mike and and Russ don't really love the scale, this movie is almost off the scale. It's almost not enough information to say. Uh, where it lies on the scale, I would give it well, an. That means an, an it's a. very high on your rating. No, that's not true. Yeah, understand it. <laughs> yeah, Pat, by your by your Pat. by your flux capacitor scale, this would be a ten plus. It, it's almost no, it's almost not The scale rates how feasible in real life. How feasible in real life could we use the technology? We don't know enough about the technology that they used in this, so. I don't know, a five, maybe they tried to ground it in reality, but it was just never brought up. They didn't say, well, we've learned from this and this, and we've taken the sun and these. They don't, they, nothing. There was nothing. They hook you up and send you through a tube. It's part of Terry Gilliam's style. It's that wacky, this machine works. Just deal with it. It was not important, and that's, you know, you just kind of. Okay. As, as opposed to that. Whatever the other film that we did, the Manhattan Project. Yes, final count, final, final countdown. Final countdown where, where they went through a storm in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, because that's a natural uh, storm. Yeah. Nobody controls that. That yeah, could happen. Natural time time travel. Sure, storm. that, that could happens absolutely, all the time. No, it doesn't happen all the time. It's very rare. That's why people don't time travel. Okay, but it could it. happen. That would be a way that it could happen. Yeah, well, this could happen as well. It could, we we don't have know. to get don't know what they did to create the time the machine. It's not even important in this film. You don't even have to. We don't have to argue in this one. We did want to argue. Hey, Adam. Yeah. We need to get Pat's opinion on this. Pat. Pat's probably asleep <laughs> by now. Away. After that long, drawn-out description of the movie, they could have watched it in that amount of time. So I, I had a, um, I had an idea to add to, uh, to Adam's grading system, the mm -hmm. flux capacitor grading system, and I thought a lot about this. Um, you've already doubled down on the fact that time travel in this movie is sort of uh, an after, not an afterthought, but they kind of, they don't really discuss it; they hide it. Um, yeah, it's, it's right. not, the, the method isn't even important uh, to the story. We know that they they have to be naked to time travel, and like like Terminator, but other yeah. than that. Oh, obviously. They put him in a tube. Yeah. So, but but it, Pat can improve upon this. Well, so here's here's the thing. For for time travel, for for time travel in a movie, there's four necessary parts. There's the departure, there's the journey, there's the arrival, and then there's the return. And right. now if we're to grade on that system, the departure in Twelve Monkeys, I would absolutely give a ten. I thought that like birthing apparatus that they had him in was amazing. The journey was like a shitty looking subway ride through a tunnel. Yes. There was yeah. no arrival and there was no return. So I would give this movie, I'm going to say a four on the flux capacitor scale time travel wise. Okay. <laughs> 
Based on that criteria. <laughs> All right. That, the, the, the criteria in my mind, you know, that I, in my intention criteria is how feasible in the real world could real life humans use the method to, to, to travel. That's what, that's how I base it on. And, and yeah. are they giggling back well, that's there? Why, <laughs> that's why Mike and I don't use the scale because it's complete no, opposite. Because it doesn't make any sense. You're saying how feasible it is. You, in in the final countdown, they were in the middle of the ocean yes. and a storm hit. How yes. did you say that that's something feasible that they can use? Because that type of storm is something that we cannot explain. They can't. You, nobody can make that happen. It's a natural occurrence, and that's yes, something exactly. that is no, feasible nobody, in the real world, like no, a wormhole or something. Nobody, nobody can make it happen. Therefore, it's not. Nobody feasible. can make it. You're right. Nobody can make it happen. It would, it's out of our could, control. But somebody could build a time machine that is feasible in the real world and works. It's unlikely, but but that's uh, also true. I'm not saying they could, both be, they could both be ten. <laughs> I'm just saying that the, the the reasoning behind it is is I mean that's it's not a matter okay. of whether you can build it or use it or whatever. Is could it happen? Could it occur in real life? And yes, some electrical storm yeah. that sends someone through time. Yes, that could. That's it's very super unlikely, but that's something that's that's generally believable to me but well, if you don't think that play out your there's, butt, there's science things that we can't understand you know, it's, so it's highly unlikely exactly yes, they, they it they is could, i'm not saying how likely something machine. is it's not about how likely something is but you know that's why it, your it's, not, it's all super unlikely it's all super unlikely it's a different scale you're, you're doing a different you create a new scale use a different word than flux capacitor and then say a likeliness scale you create your own scale. Oh, my scale's claiming, feasibility. He's claiming my scale a measures feasibility. He's claiming, he's claiming a trademark on the flux capacitor. No, I'm yeah. just saying I claimed it he's for my. He's going to sue you when this podcast gets huge. <laughs> you make your own scale, but you better not call it flux capacitor scale well, because we're, that's we're my getting idea. A lot, we're getting a lot of feedback on Twitter. RaleighCap31 says Russ and Mike are wrong. <laughs> huh. That's that's I, pretty funny. I must say, I, I must say that I was disappointed when Pat originally said that he liked Adam's scale, but this new Pat scale with the four criteria, I, I'm kind of into it. See, that was very unique. That's not feasibility. That was how well the time travel was uh, displayed, was executed on camera. That's again, that's a different scale. Your feasibility does make well, sense. That's not feasibility. I think no. if you guys remember correctly, we all graded the time cop flux capacitor pretty harshly because it ignored pretty much everything <laughs> after the arrival was really cool, but it didn't make any sense because they left in this really cool space car. Yeah. You know, that's true. and they yeah, ignored yeah. the rest right. of it. They yeah. Then they could just, you know, zip back with the button. Like, well, why don't you use that to reverse it? You're right. No, that's that. I, I, I agree on um, in the TV version, by the way, they didn't use the tooth thing which which we did want to talk about because mike and i had a disagreement not necessarily a disagreement okay. something i never noticed in the film but um what they used the two thing in in the tv show they tethered you you were tethered you know electronically somehow and they pulled you back but um oh, okay. well, that, that kind of makes sense i mean how else would yeah. they be able right. to pick them back up from the right. future they didn't, right or well, they the didn't past, want to do, sorry right yeah they, they didn't do the 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 tooth thing in the TV show because it was disgusting. Oh, by the way, one of the one of the funniest lines um, in the film, and it's certainly not a comedy, but when the, the police came after the uh, the pimp was got the crap beat out of him, you don't see him, you only hear it from outside the bathroom. But you hear the the cops said, "Hey, I'm in here. 
I was assaulted. I'm the victim. I was I was beaten up by a coked up whore and a and a fucking crazy dentist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you didn't catch good. that line, yes. one of the best lines in the film, because he pulled his own teeth out. He was assaulted by a crazy when dentist. He goes in, yeah, he goes in there, and the guy's like looking at him, and you think the guy's saying, "Oh my God, don't do it, don't do it," you know, and then yeah. you yeah. think he's about to, you know, beat the yes. crap out of him or something. Yeah. That's really, he's like he's pulling, pulling his, his own, own teeth, teeth out. out. What are you so doing, what was, man? He's like, what are you what doing? Was the, what was the question you had with Mike about them? Okay. About um, and everyone uh, jump in here. Uh, in the airport, when Jose finds him in the airport, and um, he gives him the gun to, to shoot somebody, the guy with the virus. Uh, Jose says, he's like, man, you had a pardon. What was what was the stuff with your tooth? Why'd you why did you you had a pardon and you pulled out your tooth? Why'd you do that? The way that Jose had said this to him, I always thought, and I could very well be wrong. I Mike had a good point, and it's possibly right, possibly. But I always thought that the tooth thing didn't have something to do with how they got back, and it was never explained how they were tracking him. The way Jose said it made it sound like it wasn't the tooth. Why did you do that? You sound, you're a crazy person. Um, Bruce Willis only found out about the tooth thing when he was hearing he was hearing voices and you didn't even know where the voices. he heard the voices while he was uh, in the insane asylum in Baltimore. And they well, and the somebody called him Bob. was from the tooth thing was from the homeless guy and the homeless guy. And it was that guy's voice. It was that guy's voice. He was outside of the, the 12 monkeys headquarters and he said, hey, Bob, and called him Bob. He's like these the teeth. This is how they track you now. That guy could have been a yeah, time but Madeline Stowe's character. Madeline Stowe's character was there when hearing him say that. That right. wasn't just Bruce Willis. In, right. In the, the, that that doesn't mean right. that the tooth but, thing was because well the, the tooth thing okay. was real. See, I agree with. See, Russ says the same thing. I didn't know that it was real. It didn't seem the way Jose said it. He's like, what? He really said something like, "What are you crazy? What are you stupid? Why? Why'd you do that?" He said okay, it in a way all, that, like, if it, but, if it, if it wasn't but, real, how would Jose know he pulled his teeth out because Jose wasn't there? And second of all, uh, that's how they point. kept pulling him good back point. and forth. If he if he pulled his teeth out and suddenly they can't just zap him back to the future, then clearly the teeth were the the tether point. Yeah, Mike, what they were tracking him with. That why well, I said you you made so you then, made great so, points. Point so then you have to assume you have to assume you have to assume then the homeless guy wasn't crazy. He actually was probably a time traveler that yeah. I, that was stayed there because he pulled his teeth out. He pulled yes, out his rollers that had tracking. That is true. However, counterpoint to that, when Doctor Rayleigh finds the bum alone, he says, "Hey, you know James. You're his friend." Where is he? And the guy, the bum, looks at her like he's like he's never seen her before. And and yeah, Mike says, "Well, he, he was also, an actor." I'm like, "Are you no, kidding? This guy I was." Didn't say he was an actor. Yes. I said that he was. No, I didn't. I said he was crazy because of the whole time travel thing. And that's right. what the people right. did that's what future. I was just gonna say. Okay. They kept coming back, getting actually, drugs and women, and then right. he went crazy. He's a homeless guy. So yes, he is a little nuts. Uh, okay. Was he, an actor. I think he just played like. Yeah. See, the time travel stuff is what contributed to him being homeless and kind of, you know, messed up in the head because uh, even though yeah. – so it's like, like he in and out of it or something, right? Like, and look, he, he could have been he there. He recognized Bruce Willis yeah. and 
Yeah, he could have been there. That guy could have been Bruce Willis's age and just dropped off in like 1960 and been there for 35 years, knocked his teeth out, been there for 35 years, just living on the streets is very possible. But it really, the way Terry, this style, it really made you not know what to believe. And when the way Jose was directed to say that line or the way that he said that line, um, it really made it think, it made me question. I just never saw it the way Mike pointed out, but, but it makes sense. Um, I mean, they could have known, I don't know how they would have known if, if it wasn't the tooth thing, but well, they could have had some other tracking device that we didn't know about. They could have had a tracking device in his arm and this crazy homeless guy told him was the teeth or he would have imagining the whole thing. Yeah, but then why didn't they just, just, after he pulled his teeth out or before he pulled his teeth out, they could have just zapped him back anytime he wanted. True. They never seemed to zap him out. You know, I don't know how they knew when to zap him out. It was more of a story convenience thing. So, uh, you know, they could have zapped him out in the middle of, of the place. I mean, who knew when to, to bring him out where they, they couldn't monitor anything because they would have known that he was in the insane asylum. They could have known he was in 1990. So they couldn't keep that much track on him. How did they not, how how did they know he knocked his teeth out, but didn't know he was in an insane asylum? But that also brings up the question of why, when, when Jose came back, they gave him the gun. How did they know who who did the, who was he going to shoot? If they knew who the guy was, was, uh, delivering the virus if they knew who he was why didn't they just capture him why did they give the gun to bruce willis to tell him oh you're going to know who it is you have to shoot um because he was already you know there in society they didn't want to they didn't need to involve more people they didn't need any blood on their hands so they give it to him once he failed it could have been you know another 10 years or five years or whatever although she looked a lot younger who knows when they sent her back? They sent her back right after that whole incident and was landed in the plane. They, they, so we don't know. The, 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 that's the, the beauty of, of time travel and the stories. We don't know how long you know, it took them to figure this out. There's a lot that's well, vague. Didn't they leave I a did, message and that's what like Jose said? Little... Like, we got your message? We yeah, just, yeah. We just put it together. Yeah, yeah he says, forget the Army of the Twelve Monkeys. For... Right. Yeah, he said, "Forget the army of the twelve monkeys." Yeah, didn't he they say nothing, didn't to, nothing to do like with it? I've done monkeys. what I could. I'm out of here. I'm going to Key West. You know, forget it. It's not them. You got the wrong guy. Whatever. And then they they figured it out. They got it too late or something. And um, you know, but but it, it's it, it it the thing is we're, we're I don't want to say we're overthinking it. It's it's a lot to think about. But I think a lot was left just for the for the story because. The idea of like, you know, the whole story is based on this kid sees his older self die. And then uh, the woman he always remembered, who was really her, he finally realized so, it was her all along. Um, he, Which he tells okay. her, it so, was you all along in my dreams, which makes it even horrible. That's how she figured out like, oh, my God, his nine year old self is here watching this. And she finds him in the crowd. That whole the, it, it all led up to that. Right. So. Well, because she even looks for him in the crowd. She looks yeah. around like, oh, yeah, my she, God. She realized it. She realized boy. it. She realized yeah, it. that this wasn't his dream. This actually happened, and he must be here because he recognized her the whole time, even though she had different hair and didn't recognize the voice in the recorder. So, um, no, it was, it was it's it's the whole thing's wonderful. I watch it every time it's on, which has been on this month. Um, I don't know. Did you have any other uh, uh, story points to well, fight about? Well, I, I 
No, no. I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about the the the, the, the movie kind of does the thing where you can't change the past. Like there's no in other they made there was nothing Bruce Willis's character uh, John no James could have ever done to change his fate. He was always going to die. He was always going to get shot. Um, Did he change anything? No. I well, mean, yes. it happened he just like out, a stream that he saw. He found out who, you know, the the guy who released the virus was. So he changed the future, lives in the future, because now they had the virus that they could cure. I think that the general assumption is that right. uh, Jones got a, a sample. I mean, she could have, you know punched the guy in the neck, knocked him out and, or, you know, hit him with some future, whatever well, they, she's got, and just grabbed a vial of stuff they, and been pulled back. Didn't mess with her mind. Yeah, because they wanted the original they wanted the original virus before it mutated yeah. so that they could somehow cure the virus in the future that had mutated to a point, I guess, where they couldn't do anything about it, but if they thought if they had the original virus, they could... But, but even the even the people, the scientists that's in the back, they they even said like they can't or or Bruce Willis said, well I can't fix anything. I can't save nothing. I do is going to save anybody. I'm just going to get the I'm just going to get this back to them so that they can make the world livable in the future. Yeah. I mean the point was never to save five billion people. It was to fix the future world. So that yeah, they could to get the, live above get the ground virus. again. Yeah, he did say this is already gone. It's already happened. I can't change it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he didn't change anything. At least that's what I'm saying. He changed maybe the future part, but he didn't. Yeah, he didn't change, he didn't change anything in the past. It's always going to be right. Which meant he was always going to die. In the past, even though it was his future. Dun dun dun. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's pretty pretty perfect. Uh, hopefully, uh, they get, they had some uh, they fixed Jose up a little bit with a little plastic surgery because he he just looked horrible. He went through hell. So I have a I have a couple more questions. Okay, go ahead. The okay. the this is the one that I was going to bounce off Russ and I, I rewatched the scene twice to make sure. And he doesn't say it, but the bullet, the guy says the bullets an antique and he says all indications as it, that it was fired in 1917. How does he know that? Well, it's ballistic. And I thought test. they were going to say carbon yeah, dating. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, right. I remember. <laughs> no, can't be the carbon 14. They can't. And Carmen data. No, it would have the only way I the only way I can think of is that they could maybe recognize the slug was a like World War Two era slug or they could recognize the rifling on the slug. Right. What's to keep you from getting an antique an antique like rifle from World War One and firing it oh, two weeks right. before? Yeah, I don't know. I don't That's know. Is there a gun that could shoot that that would work? Sure. It's World War One's not that far well, long sure ago. Uh, was there certain yeah, sure things they could do with like the the powder burns? Like there was only that they only used that type of gunpowder in World War One. But then again, if it's an Maybe. antique bullet and you're firing it from an antique weapon, yeah, that's true. 
Okay. They figured that out. Regardless, she hangs up on him right after that to find the picture that he was actually in a picture from World well, War One. Without that cop's like testimony, she never would have had that recollection. Um, that was that was one of the things that I kind of caught my eye. The other thing is, how is Bruce Willis alive? He was ten feet away from where the virus was released. So oh, he was immune. You know, like like Philadelphia. Yeah, like there was one percent on of the population that was immune, immune. or just didn't oh, get it. Okay, whatever. All right. Okay, it's perfect movie then. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Funky Monkey Twenty One agrees with you on Twitter. <laughs> well, this is this is not live though. I'm, I'm making it, but that's what no. it would sound like if it were live. <laughs> so, um, what was I gonna? Say? Oh, I I do want to say I love the production design, especially in the future stuff because that's yeah that's like 100 percent terry gilliam that really um yeah it's like brazil you know yes really just funky yeah uh, uh, what do they call that uh, industrial that uh, steampunk steampunk it's called he uses a lot of that you know like uh it's that sort of wild wild west movie but cyberpunk it's kind, kind of a it's kind of a mix between steampunk and cyberpunk i would say uh, um yeah, that suit he had yeah, to wear to it, go outside and, and collect samples was amazing. It was like saran wrap outside of a body condom. <laughs> like it was really, yeah. really well yeah, done. Yeah. Um, the uh, the thinking, uh, I, I, was just I want to see you guys in that. <laughs> one other notable actor we didn't mention it was uh, the, the, Pat, the, Pat, you forgot to mute your microphone right then. You thought you, no, that no, no, I, I intentionally unmuted it. Uh, okay. Um, Doctor Doctor Goins. Doctor Goins was played, uh, I believe, uh, Christopher Plummer, a fame. That, famous that is correct. He yes. Few, he had the few uh, that, yeah. few key scenes. Um, he beefed up security after Dr. Rayleigh did try to stop the virus. She called in when she figured it out that it came from him because she connected to, it to Brad Pitt. And when she started believing in uh, uh, Bruce Willis's story, she called in and, you know, he just said, OK, thanks, little lady. Talk about, you know, mansplaining. This was like <laughs> this is hard. He just <laughs> shut her down and. He's like, you know what? Eh, let's beef up security a little bit. And of course, he's talking to his assistant, who is the guy who steals the virus anyway. Um, Brad Pitt and his buddies do uh, not only do they let the animals out of cages, they take his father and they kidnap him, put him in a body bag and leave him in the zoo in one of the cages as they let the animals uh, out. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that uh, was you. Been mentioned that she she had a connection to him, but she actually recognized him because she kept saying, "He seems so familiar to me. I don't know why." From the picture, she before. had she had seen those pictures right. so many times. So in her subconscious, she had seen that picture of the guy, and she probably looked at it long and hard. But you don't. There's like I'm not. It can't be this guy. Um, although you know, and it, it didn't just click. So it's believable. Here's, here's another question because at when when she's putting on his disguise with the mustache. In the fake wig, she says, "I remember you this way. Like you look very familiar to me this way." There's no, no he way says she that to her. Oh, he see, says that, that to her. No, she uh, says that to him. He says it to her, yes, but then she says it back to him. You look familiar to me this way too. There's no way she would have ever been able to actually have right. seen him that way. 
No, no, she she because it didn't happen yet for her. Yes, so, she, she said she remembers it. Right. No, no, I I agree, and it's just I think that was just sort of a stylistic choice, um, kind of a thematic choice that you know he had told Maybe her. It's not. He described it to her. <laughs> it's not a perfect movie. No, it still is because it's just <laughs> stylistic and believable. And uh, there were there were a few little little iffy parts in it, but generally it was a pretty good. It was a good flick. I still, I, I have to say, I really like this movie, but I was disappointed that he had to die just because, like, that's the way know. it happened. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, so I don't think there's any good movie where he he survives this. I don't think there's any good version where he survives, except in the TV version. But it got way off of uh, just the virus. They 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 did a whole thing. It's a, that's a whole. Oh, good version is. He shoots the guy in the head, and they run off into the sunset. They get on the plane and step over him and just take their seats and like, oh my right. god, we got an upgrade to and first class. And then Jones <laughs> is there and like, oh my god, what are you guys doing here? Jones, this is What's Jones the from the future. Likelihood of this movie being made like like after nine eleven. I mean that every yeah. TSA violation that occurred yeah. in the airport. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, it was it was a little weird. Uh, you know, the I believe uh, they used they didn't use an airport for the airport that airport scene. The exterior was I think Baltimore Airport, and um, the interior was the Philadelphia Civic Center. So it wasn't really an airport. They, oh, they no, it, it looked like there. an airport to me, but yeah. Well, that's that's the magic of movies. Uh, I think actually most of that stuff you can probably still get away with in a Philadelphia airport. So. <laughs> You know, oh, I, I, oh. I withdraw my complaint. No, it's oh. like, here it is. Like, what is this, sir? Oh, it's uh, just scientific samples. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're fine. What is that? You have a water bottle? You can't. No, tackle him. Yeah. Can you open it? It looks like there's nothing in there. Oh, it's it looks like nothing. Right. He was so this guy was so creepy. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, was the security guard was like, he almost drank it. He was like, oh, what's this? Yeah. yeah. That security guard's like, no, no, I have to open eye. this and see what it is. It doesn't Which even don't have smell. smell. I came powder. It doesn't <laughs> have smell. And then uh, they threw in one more little, uh-oh. He's like, oh, sir. And, like, he's holding his underwear. Like, he forgot a pair of underwear. Remember, he calls <laughs> the guy back. Yeah. Because he forgot some underwear. And you think, oh, they, they got him. But no, he just forgot some underwear. So, silly. I knew they... I knew that they they had it was just something he left. It wasn't it wasn't I wasn't fooled. No, that one didn't fool you. But they they did fool you two times. They thought they made you think that he killed first Rayleigh and then the pimp. They did do that because he he did kill one guy in in Philadelphia. Some three random bums who started to rough him well, up. Well, yeah, that's that... he just cold blooded murdered all of them. But they were asking for it, but. Um, it it did not paint the uh, city in a good light. Like there's a lot of. A- angry and uh, violent homeless people there. Uh, but there's three less now. Um, oh, interesting fact. Uh, uh, um, S- uh, whatchamacallit from M. Night Shyamalan, where Bruce Willis played the dead guy who sees dead people. That's not how you his say name it. was His name was. Co- what? No, I said it's not time. That's not how you kid. say his name. Kid's name was. M. Night, M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong? Is that what you wanted me to say? Uh oh, you've upset Russ. 
Oh, I know. Russ, that this guy's <laughs> no. There is a uh, go go ahead. You were you were going to mention the all I see is dead people, right? The yeah, I was going to say that that Bruce Willis's name in that was actually Cole, but no, the was, kid's name was Cole. His name was Cole. Oh, the kid's name was Cole. Yeah. Oh, was oh, he was Doctor. What was he? He was Doctor. Doctor uh, Bruce Willis. I knew there was. Yeah, that's right. Bruce Willis, <laughs> MD, Doctor of <laughs> Ass Kicking. But no, in the but you missed the but the, the you missed the point where in Twelve Monkeys when she says something about them being dead and he says all I see are dead people. That's true. She except that character. movie. Except except Bruce Willis was that uh, uh, Twelve Monkeys came out before. Uh, I, I know. I know that. Did, I, did you not? <laughs> Uh, Unless he came back in time to make that movie and then went back (laughs) and he said, you know what? You know what, M? Let me try this. Have him say. Look, look, if you're going to make a Sixth Sense reference connecting the name, you can't avoid the fact that he says a line very similar to I see dead people. People. All I see are dead people. You're right. You're right. Um, That kind of came first, but, but you're right. Um, no, I know like, that. Like, lion. He uh, he uh, grew up probably uh, like uh, five miles from me. He was just on the other side of the uh, not county line, just township line. He was in a different township than me, but uh, yeah, same my area. Point is that it's a possibility that he put that line in his movie as a nod or an to twelve homage monkeys. to twelve monkeys, oh, including. That's, that's... The little kid's name being Cole. You know, it's, it, it's certainly possible. I mean, you could ask him. I didn't research that. Uh, it's a wonderful movie as well. Um, yeah. So, what what other movie are we doing? Are we doing a doubleheader tonight? No, <laughs> no, not after that oh, ridiculous right. description. That, that took up <laughs> such I, a long time. You know I, what? Though? It was about the movie instead of about other things. No, it's better when you ramble. I thought Mike and I were bad about recapping every moment in the film. Oh, oh, from and, Twitter. And yet, Coins Lover says they liked my. Coins Lover 96 <laughs> no one, no one's says gonna listen to they like my description. So, Russ, when you write up the description for this at, before you post it, say just fast forward through the first 45 minutes and get into the fun discussion after. I also, I just want to say that I think Adam's Twitter followers are all bots. I think they're fake. Yeah. They're fake. I, I was think he's got a uh, nice thing. Colcock <laughs> 84 doesn't exist. I beg. Yeah, I think he's, I think they're, I think they're Russian bots that you paid just to uh, um, pretend to say nice things. About. Even though this I was podcast is a nice, a nice, concise, you know, 15 minute maybe description of the movie. Well, not, I, not yeah. seen, seen, broken down every single thing they said and did. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, I gave the important points. There's a lot of important points. It's a, <laughs> I think it's a two-hour movie. I think you're gonna run back and you know what? Like, there's nothing you could skip there. Uh, he yeah, there was. There's a lot you could skip. We did. We did even discuss this before we started recording, and Adam agreed that he would give a nice, concise summary. That was not a concise summary. That was as concise as I would, I would on, on the concise summary scale, I'd give that a zero. Really? <laughs> That's not a, an... In, a, as far as names of scales, Pat. I'd give that a zero. Pat. Pat, what 
do you think? You could have at least named it after me. He's, and the Adam- I thoroughly, I actually enjoyed, the uh, I enjoyed the recap. Um, yeah. It was, it was a yeah, little long, but it was good. Yeah. But for a long, awesome movie, it was good. It was solid. And um, yeah, he's, he's right. That's why he's there. Golden Voice, Silver Opinions. I didn't even need to watch it. I could have just listened to him. Exactly. And he would totally understood every important thing about it. Or you could have Pat, watched just the movie while the description you. was going on, and it would have been the same amount of time. Uh, but uh, I was free. See, Pat, don't be fooled. Adam seems to have complimented you, but he says your opinions are silver. That's still means, good. You know, that's not bad. It's not it's perfect, not but it's still gold. pretty good. <laughs> Golden it's not. voice, silver opinions. It's still a precious metal, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> well, any any other uh, any other questions for me? I've got a, a platinum voice and a platinum opinions. Mike. Platinum is good. Mike, what what do you rate what do you rate um Adam's opinions. I'd actually hear, like to hear what you guys think of the the. How many flux capacitors do you give the time travel aspect of this movie? I mean, this is a time travel show. Yes. Right? Yeah, no, would... because we don't we don't use the flux capacitor rating that Adam invented on this show. He okay. invented it. He invented it, but we don't use it because we disagree with it. Because it's okay. terrible. Well, come okay, on. Okay, then just as a time travel rates. movie, then. Yeah. What yeah, would you rate. say? Mike and I haven't come up with the rating system for that, for like a time travel movie. For, for you see, I, any, anything that I think is, is a technological that somebody built, I think that's a pretty high on the scale because it's something that theoretically someone could do. Mm-hmm. So this one, you didn't know too much about the actual physics of it, but mm-hmm. you know, it was clearly a time travel machine. They stuck him in the tube and they sent him back through some sort of wormhole and, uh, Clearly, it wasn't very good because they accidentally sent him back to World War One. But yeah, you know it, it happened. They, had, they, they admitted they it wasn't perfect. <laughs> the first time they overshot, oh, they went back too far, like six years, and then the yeah. next time they went back almost a century. eighty years. Yeah, whoops, seventy years. Oops. Sorry about that. Yeah, I didn't, didn't do the but math. They fixed it right away. That's the other thing. Like. They must have known he went too far, because then he shot back into the right place. I do, right do think there's some question though. Like when you guys, we brought, we sort of touched on it earlier. Like how did, how did they know when to send his buddy back? Like how did they know when and where? Especially if his tracker wasn't even in his mouth anymore. Well, they got the message. They may have been able to track the phone. They may have, they, they knew. Maybe they could tell it was at the airport somehow. I don't know. And and I don't I don't know that it, it doesn't really matter that much because it was all believable. And there was a lot of time in the future that had gone by when they got the message. They conveniently didn't get it until, you know, he almost got on the plane, of course. But they they get the message. A lot happened in the future. Jose, you want to go back? Tell him that, you know, if he doesn't do it, we're going to kill his girlfriend. They apparently knew that those two got yeah. together somehow. You know, they, they knew the whole story. Um, so who knows what more information they gleaned? That's kind of vague. And yet it doesn't matter. It's still all believable. Um, and it was important because, 
it forced him to track the guy down with the gun, which gets ultimately gets him killed and preserves the timeline as he ends up seeing himself killed, which was a weird coincidence also, but still super cool. Super cool. Um, so Mike and I will have to come up with a name for our scale, but by the I, way, I'll have to agree with Mike on, on, here's on the, uh, on the, on our scale that we haven't invented yet. This, the time travel mechanism. Um, rates, hey, rates high. Um, <laughs> go the, ahead. The fact that the fact that Cole, uh, David, um, you know, Bruce Willis was in the airport at that moment when it was released, not too far from it. Um, you know, maybe that helped him be, uh, well, I mean, he would have had to be immune to the virus because he was one of the first people exposed to it, um, being in that airport at that time. So, uh, maybe know. that's why they chose him to go back. Well, it, he obviously survived it, and he, we know he was exposed. Um, although, who knows if? I mean, I guess the elder people knew he was from Philadelphia. They were in Philadelphia, by the way. They were because he was when he was above ground in his astronaut suit. He was yeah, he was in down in downtown Philly, uh, you know, in an icy hellscape version. Um, so, so that you know, he didn't travel far, and he was there his whole life. But well, I guess without parents and um nope. gotten some there fights. was some foreshadowing there too with the with the uh the lion and the bear walking around downtown philly in the yeah. beginning of the movie in like future philly they were they and then were, the animals escaping they were statues, or being yeah. set free yes and they did the statues they did the bear statue and the i think the lion statue something like that yeah uh, there's a lion a of, statue then there was a bear inside yeah. Just then they used the roar with the statue, just a lot of stylistic things. And it all just played with your senses and like, what's real? Is he really from the future? Is this all a joke or fake? Is it in his head? So that's why it's okay. very interesting. So, Adam, I assume this is this would rank as your number one Terry Gilliam time travel film. Uh, yeah. But what about Dan, Mike and, and Pat? What do you guys think? Because Perry, Terry Gilliam team brazil but isn't that one about time travel also no that's just a weird uh corporate um yeah it's a weird futuristic corporate uh, red tape it's it's a it's a satire of of corporate america i believe something along those lines for some reason i thought there was time travel in there but i haven't seen it so no i don't think so anyway i would say time bandits uh, with is better. Baron von Munchausen a close second, but I don't think that's a time travel movie. Although maybe it is a little bit. I don't know. Yes, yeah, uh, that maybe. It ta- you time travel through his age because he's constantly. Anyway, that's discussion for another time. Well, that's like I would is bicentennial is bicentennial man time travel movie. Kind of. Remember, he's it's Robin Williams, the robot. He lives like five hundred years or something. Yeah, I like, I like I that guess. movie, but... That's, that Terry Gilliam? No, it's not Terry Gilliam, but I'm I'm saying... He's he's Talk saying following somebody through their life is time travel. Is that work with Bicentennial Man? It would more uh, so work with that. That's just... You know, I don't what constitutes so. a time travel movie. Because they don't travel in and out of their particular time. They travel with time. So that's... I think that would be the... the if I were making a scale of what constitutes a time travel movie, 
Yeah, they'd have to. Of, yeah, just just aging or going, you know, yeah. normal time is not time travel. But no, time travel, Twelve Monkeys is probably my all-time favorite time travel. Not just Gilliam. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, you know, altogether. Huh. Of all genre. Oh, so this exceeds just the time oh, travel. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And most of them are comedies or funny dramas. So, but I would throw t- Twelve Monkeys in there is absolutely one of my favorites. Hmm. So it is a very good movie. Yeah, but uh, you know, I'm up for some others. You know, we okay, got a lot one more, more question. Yeah. When, 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 Adam, when did you decide this would be the topic for? this podcast before or after the outbreak of COVID-19? Long before I had given Mike a list of my top five favorite time travel movies specifically that you hadn't already covered. Um, and time, 12 okay. Monkeys was most uh, definitely on there, as was Final Countdown, which was one of my early, one of my first exposures, I think, to a time travel movie. Because um, it was on cable. There were like five movies on cable. Superman 2, To Be or Not To Be, and Final Countdown. That was it. 1980, 81, when, when the movie channels cable started coming out. So I saw that millions of times, and yeah. I was very interested in it. And um, I thought, wow, a storm in the middle of that could happen for sure. Well, I, obviously. Yeah. No, I, I found that fascinating. And uh, probably the only Kirk Douglas movie I've ever seen. He was awesome. And Martin Sheen. That was a we've we've done that one. But um, we had but, a but months, I, I wouldn't do that when I said when we're doing that one, I said, I, I got to I'm, I'm there. Don't do that one without me. And um, another one, which I can give a twice twice a, as long explanation would be Millennium if we get to do that. one. Oh, which I think she means. I think that Adam one you gotta to watch. Know. You gotta watch twice on that one. That's a double well, movie. Millennium is is great. That's a great yes. time travel movie. Yeah. Um, you Pat, wouldn't be doing the description Pat, of that one though. Okay. Pat, Patrick, uh, if we were to do this again, what film would you choose? Oh man, that's a good call. I'd have to get back to you on that one. Hmm. Uh, but Millennium's well, not bad. I have that on VHS. Uh, it's like time travel right there I think frequency we do do we talk about frequency no we didn't we didn't we didn't do frequency no okay which is a time travel in a weird way because they nobody actually travels in time so but they use time travel in a different way a very unique way yeah so interesting they uh, communicate through time yeah and and it still has some time travel implications, and they deal with that in some very interesting ways. But that's another another story. So that was on on my list, I think. It may have been Time Cup, but you've done that one, and that was fun. I like listening to that. <laughs> I'm not a Jean Claude Van Damme. I know that he's a big. I found he's, he's a big Jean Claude Van Damme fan. So I remember Pat said that. I I the only other movie with him I saw. Um, uh, which I loved was sudden impact, sudden sudden death. In the in the hockey rink, Die Hard. Yeah. In the hockey rink. Absolutely love that love that one. But um, I I wouldn't I never saw any of his others, the Lionheart or whatever, uh, or where he played twin twin drag twin something I don't know. But uh, I was never a, a Jean Claude Van Damme, but I'll, I'll always see uh, Time Cop uh, when that's on. So anyway. Uh, any any questions? I think that's yeah. it. Uh, yeah. We don't have any time quandaries this 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 episode. 
we need to redo that. We need to do that again sometime, Mike. What's a time yes, quandary? But, well, a time quandary is this thing Mike just has. He has a quandary. It's a, about time travel. Like, if you could go back in time, blah, blah, blah. Oh, right. Yes. Those so, were in the early days. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't we done, have them done them in a while. while. Oh, you got to prepare for that. <laughs> kind of like the you show. You know, it's something like if you go back <laughs> yes, in time. Exactly. If you could go back in time and kill your grandfather, would you do it? That's not one of them, but that's an example. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. that's very specific, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would go back in time and kill Pat's grandfather. Wow, that's oh. rude. But oh. after he has his father, <laughs> so the father can grow without without the father and then beat Pat. Yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, which set a chain of events of motion that yeah. I still might never exist, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's not the usual thing. Not that you don't exist, just make your existence horrible. <laughs> Russ That's is a good. monster. Yeah. <laughs> nice job, Russ. Yeah, way to go, I man. Won't kill, I won't kill you. I will kill your grandfather. So, meanwhile, don't forget to check out Party Time, now playing on YouTube for a limited time only. <laughs> yes. Why don't we do a uh, review we... of that? Oh, that's, that's perfect. true. That's now that it is on YouTube, we could. See, we can't, I we can't do a well, review to do that. We can't do a review well, of our own film. Why not? Well, Pat, Pat can, and we could just like Pat let him roll and yeah, do that. <laughs> Pat, can, Pat, Pat can do a half-hour recap of a 17-minute film. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. It's very intricate. It's very intricate, and, and I like to ask questions about it. So he can go watch it a few times, and then ha- write down his questions, and then we will be here to answer uh, it's like, how I, we made I our like artistic choices. I like the writing, but I feel like the boom operator was awful. I don't oh, know I've... why, but just something tells me he's not good at his job. That hurts. Yeah, it's just like... <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> Do you want an Oscar for your writing or for your boom operating? Don't even have an Oscar for the boom operating. Um, sound design, um, maybe, but hey, but I also, you know, I didn't even get uh, credit for a soundtrack. Mm, you don't get credit. For that. Oh. oh. Well, you didn't. You just you just got it. You didn't like write it or sing it or anything like well, that. Well, it was his choice. It was his. So perhaps I should have added that in. And this song chosen by Adam Levarkin. Mm. And it was that doesn't deserve a credit. By the but if anyone's if anyone does want to see this film, it's a short film written by Adam Levarkin, the one who's talked the most in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk at all in the film. Uh, no. Uh, in a sense, um, I did all the talking because no, I wrote it, but other people did the yeah, talking. Yeah, you do talk. You, you speak through your characters. Through my characters. My characters yeah. spoke for me, and um, you edited those down. <laughs> right. To what you wanted to hear. No, but it was uh, pretty well, solid. Well, we. But I think Pat we can be the judge did. of that. Pat, yeah, Pat can judge it. And, and tell Pat can judge if he has any questions, if there's something missing that he doesn't understand. He can speak for the whole audience. No, I uh, thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I thought it was great. 
Oh, you've already seen it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've seen you know, it multiple times. Oh, yeah. Right, cool. Thanks. You're and you're 150 of our 250 yeah. views. If anyone listening, <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're close to 200 views now. If anyone's no, listening okay. and wants to see it, go to partytimefilm.com. That's partytimefilm.com. Yeah. What is that? It, it, it links. It links. <laughs> It links to the video is there. It's on YouTube. Point but I don't know the YouTube address.